Amen. What's up, church? Good morning. I love to see your smiling faces. Uh, welcome to Renew Church. Um, I don't know if I'll be doing Canon Paul's this Thursday night, but uh, maybe if the price is right or the challenge is right from some of you. Um, this event uh, is something that we do. Uh, we've done it a couple times over the past summers, but this is really an opportunity to bless people in our community. So uh, I want to encourage you, if you have friends, neighbors, all those uh, people that you're connected with, coworkers, uh, I want to encourage you, invite them to this. It's completely free. Uh, there won't be like altar calls from the water slide or anything like that. Uh, so this is just a time to bless those in our community. Uh, we've done a Facebook post, and I think it's been shared uh, 20, 30 times and been, been seen by maybe a thousand different people in our community. So we are doing our best to get the word out. Hey, if you want your family, if you want to bless your kids with a free night at the pool, come out and we'll have fun together. Uh, another thing that we're doing is, uh, this is, I'm really excited about October 22nd. Put that in your calendar right now. Pull out your phone, October 22nd. We are doing what we call a serve day or a for our city day. Uh, we planned to do one of these before COVID hit and then life got crazy for a couple years. And, and so now we're coming back to this. And this is part of our growing edge as a church. A uh, for our city day is when we as a church are mobilized throughout the community to serve in, a varia, in various capacities. So we want to find nonprofits that we can serve. We want to find uh, the city, different projects within the city that we can serve at. We want to find people that we can go out and serve on this day. Why am I talking about this uh, at the end of July? Uh, because one of the things we are doing now, it was in the newsletter last week, last month's newsletter, it'll be in the newsletter this month, is we are looking for projects to take on that day. The day for us to come together as a church and be sent out the doors into the community to actively serve and love people in our community. We are looking for projects. So if you are connected to a nonprofit ministry, that you're sitting there going, man, they really have this need. They need uh, walls painted. They need things clean. They need things organized. Or they need literal people to go out and help with their uh, ministry, uh, those are organizations that we are looking for. We are also looking for, if you have neighbors that need, have a need, uh, my neighbor uh, has, uh, their landscaping is a mess, they've neglected their yard, and here's the key, they want help because they can't do it themselves. Don't call your neighbor who you're like, they could really use some work in that landscaping. I'm gonna have my church people show up and clean up their yard. That's not the point of what we're trying to do here. Uh, but if you have somebody that you're connected with or in your neighborhood that genuinely has a need, that they're having a hard time meeting, let us know about it. We'd love to do some research and figure out how can we help serve our neighbors and love our neighbors in our community. All right, October 22nd for our city day. Today is kind of a, a one-off sermon. It's an update uh, kind of midway through uh, 
two-thirds of the way through our 90-day giving challenge. So if you've been with us for a while, you know that we've been in this 90-day giving challenge throughout the summer. If you are new to us uh, this summer, uh, welcome. Uh, This is uh, a conversation for kind of our church family. An interesting thing about following Jesus You see it throughout the scriptures, that when people follow Jesus, what's one of the things that happens in their life? They become generous. There's a link between following Jesus and generosity that you can find throughout the entire New Testament, throughout the entire Old Testament, when people follow Jesus It's often linked to generosity in their life. Generosity flowing out of their life to others. A couple of examples. Luke chapter 7, verses 38 through... Sorry. Going through puberty. Uh, Luke 38 through 50 is a story of the woman who comes to anoint Jesus' feet. See, this woman was standing outside of this house, and Jesus was in eating with the Pharisees. They were reclining at the tables, and this woman uh, was transformed by Jesus. And what was her response? What was her reaction? It was to show up and worship Jesus with what she had. She had perfume. So she makes her way into this uh, crowded uh, dining room and sits down at Jesus' feet, even though she shouldn't have technically been there because of the crowd that was in the room. She made her way to his feet and she washed his feet with her tears, with perfume. She worshiped him. Knowing Jesus, experiencing Jesus, was met with this desire, with this need to worship him with everything she had. She put her reputation on the line. She put her valuables on the line. And she showed up and she worshiped Jesus as a result of what he was doing in her life life. Zacchaeus was another character. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Wee little man was he. And he saw Jesus. He was a tax collector. So definitely not part of the in crowd of the Jewish culture and actually hated by the Jewish culture. And Jesus was walking through the city streets and Zacchaeus saw him and just had To see him had to experience Jesus because he's heard all these things that Jesus was doing. And so Zacchaeus climbed up to a tree. Jesus sees him, goes, I need to go speak to that guy. Says, Zacchaeus, I want to come to your house. Which Jesus is breaking all the social norms at this moment. Because all the Jewish people are standing there praising Jesus and all of a sudden going, huh? Like you're not supposed to go hang out with that guy. That's not what you're supposed to do, Jesus. But Jesus meets Zacchaeus, talks to him, goes to his house, eats with him. What's Zacchaeus' 
response. Generosity. Justice. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, so he was uh, oppressive in the community. He was taking advantage of people, taking more taxes than he should have so that he could be rich and so he could gain. And it's quite interesting, this experience with Jesus results in this transformation where Zacchaeus, on his own, Jesus didn't demand it, but on his own goes, Jesus, I'm giving back all that I swindled out of my community. I am blessing those in my community. I'm giving back more than I took from them. Story after story, there's this experiencing Jesus resulting in transformation which leads to giving. You can even look at the woman of the well in John 4. Jesus meets her at the well has a conversation with her. She realizes through that confirmation who Jesus is. What's her response? Her response is to go back to her community. Go, guys, guys, listen, listen. We're all kind of living lost here, but I found the answer. It's Jesus. I just met him. Come and meet him. You gotta meet this guy. He changed my life. There's a generosity in her going out transformed to bless others. Because of why? Because of Jesus. Because of who Jesus is and what he did in her life. In the early church, as Jesus uh, died, was resurrected, came back and said, guys, I'm serious. Your mission is to go out and make disciples. Go out and preach. Go out and make disciples. And as the early church started to form, we saw this beautiful culture of generosity within the early church. In Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 45, there's this, the early church was described as this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. Many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Notice, as they met Jesus, as their lives were being transformed by him, what did that result in? A generous way of living. That wasn't about me and my needs, what I can get, but it was about this community. This work, this mission that they were called to. See, you have to have a generous spirit and a generous culture to make time to go eat purposely with people, to be involved in a small group, to give of your time and energy to carve out a night in the week and go, I'm committing and devoting time to pray, to study scripture to this group of people because of Jesus, because of the gospel, because we are called to. 
All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone that had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. This became part of the culture of the early church. We are going to do life together. We are going to share. We are going to prioritize studying scripture together, praising together, uh, worshiping together, uh, going out and serving the community together as a church. This is part of the culture that they were creating in response to who Jesus was in their life. Part of our challenge today is how do we capture this culture in our current age, in our current culture, in a culture that is obsessed with consumerism and individualism? How do we capture and cultivate this culture that is countercultural? Because just like the early church, I believe as we cultivate this countercultural life, that is transformed because of the gospel, because of Jesus, that others will see it and go, man, there's something different here. There's something unique about this group of people. Why are they doing what they're doing? As we go out into the city and we serve organizations, as we go out into the city and maybe we serve individuals, their families at their home. I do believe that's countercultural. And people will look and go, what is it about this group of people? And I believe that was the case in Acts, in the early church. Everything they were doing was countercultural because of Jesus. And as a result... Thousands upon thousands upon thousands were coming to know him daily. What would that look like for our church? What would that be like to be part of that kind of mission? Because I think Jesus is doing what he's always done, is carrying the mission forward through his spirit in his body. I think it's up to us to get ourselves on board with what he's already doing. And I think it's natural. I think there's a natural response that's linked that values generosity because of Jesus. Why? Because God, because Jesus is ultimately generous. Think about it. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God made his home here on earth, became part of your neighborhood to go in and rescue you, to save you, to transform you, so that then you could join him on mission. That is a generous God. 
Romans 8.32, he did not spare his own son, but he gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. Then 2 Corinthians 9.8, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, you have all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Philippians 2, Paul is writing to the Philippian church and he says, look, follow the example of Jesus. Look to each other's interests, not your own interests, but to your interests and the interests of others. And have the same mindset of Jesus, who made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant to give, to be generous. Generosity, I believe, is at the heart of God. We see it all throughout the scriptures. Paul later in, in uh, Philippians chapter 4, I love it because he says, look, uh, I'm, thank you for your gifts. Thank you for your giving. I have come to the place that no matter what, no matter if I have plenty or if I don't have enough, I am content. Why? Because of Jesus. Because Paul is saying, I've got Jesus. That is all I need. Because with Jesus, I can be content in, in need and in plenty. My resources, my income, my things don't bring me the contentment that I need. So whether I have them or not, I am content because of Jesus. And we see this generosity flow throughout the early church. Not only when they meet together and they worship together and they provide for each other's needs, but also in their mission, in ministry, as they go out. The whole book of Acts is them going out to the community to preach, to heal, to serve. It's not because they were trying to get something. They were doing it because they were giving. God blessed them, so they were going out and blessing their community. In Acts chapter 6, we see a need comes uh, before the church that the widows in the community are being neglected. I believe those are the Greek widows. And so the church organized themselves and said, hey, there is a need, we can meet it. Let's organize ourselves. Some of us need to be uh, continuing the ministry and tending to the word and the preaching. And others who are gifted need to organize themselves and go out and meet the need, feed the widows in the community that are being neglected. They're meeting the need out of this generosity. Out of this transformation that Jesus brings, that we are no longer just about ourselves, but we are about the mission of Christ. Throughout the New Testament, we see Paul's ministry being funded, we see people giving and being generous. 
See, God gives, God blesses, God equips so that we may go out and give our time, our talents, our treasure, all witnessing his mission, all for his glory. Last week, uh, Kyle talked about, we wrapped up this sermon series called Need to Know. We're talking about these Hebrew words. Uh, There'll be a card coming, stay tuned, so that you can kind of have all those things in one place so you can go back and reference them. Uh, But uh, Kyle talked about uh, the Shema. And the Shema is in the Old Testament, and it's, listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord our God with your heart, with all your being, with all your might. And the idea behind this word, listen, it isn't just that you would hear this, but that you would hear it and then you would actually practice what it means in your life. I'm afraid that so much in our Christian culture is focused on, oh, I hear it. (laughs) I hear it. Maybe I make a decision and say a prayer so that I can uh, confirm my place in heaven someday. But at the end of the day, I hear it, but I'm not actually doing it. So when the nation of Israel heard this, listen, listen. Love God with everything you've got. And Jesus added, love your neighbor as yourself. Carries with it the connotation. Yeah, I am hearing it. It is registering. It is seeking into my brain, into my soul. And it's going to result in me actually practicing this in my life. Actually doing it in my life. How would our lives look different if we took that seriously as a church? Took it seriously. See, Jesus is generous, and He calls us to witness the kingdom of God. And to join him in that generosity. And as we are transformed in him, it has a tendency to loosen our hands and be more open with what we have, knowing that we are stewards, that God blesses, and then we have a responsibility to distribute these blessings into the world as we are called to witness the kingdom of God here and now. We started this 90-day challenge at the end of, uh, beginning of uh, June. And this 90-day challenge was a catalyst for us to talk and pray for the summer about giving, about being generous as a church, about our needs as a church. We started this as a catalyst for action. And so we began with this sermon series. Uh, You could go back and listen to it, end of May, beginning of June. And we started this 90-day challenge uh, to challenge us to commit 
to being generous with what God has given us. And I wanted to update us because we're two-thirds of the way through. Uh, There's one month left of the 90-day giving challenge. And so I just kind of wanted to update us real quick where we're at in the process. So as a result of the giving challenge, 14 people signed up. Four families committed to start tithing. Five families committed to give beyond what they currently are giving. Two families committed to increase their giving percentage. And three committed to give regularly. Part of this giving challenge was saying, hey, wherever you're at, we want to challenge and encourage you to start giving, to start living more open-handedly, to trust what Jesus is doing in your life. And so we laid out several places where you might find yourself. I'm not currently giving regularly. I want to take that step. I currently am not tithing. I want to commit. I feel like Jesus is calling us to this next step. Or I am tithing, and I really feel like Jesus is calling us to give more. And I'm so thankful for those that signed up. And here's the result of praying about the 90-day giving challenge, talking about it. Is that over the last two months, we've hit our target goal for our monthly budget that we adopted back in January. So our monthly target for our budget is $20,000 a month. In uh, the last month, we hit 21,000. We ran into some difficulties, needed to fix the elevator, so that was an added expense. And then this month, it looks like the numbers aren't in, but it looks like we're going to hit our target once again. So for that, I am extremely thankful, and I think we should be proud as a church that we are taking the step in hitting our goal. Ultimately, we want to exceed our goal of 20K a month. Because as we exceed that, that means we are able to do more ministry in the community. More ministry within the church. So I want to thank you. Thank you for stepping up. Thank you for those 14 people that signed up. Thank you for the people that are giving, even though they didn't sign up. I know you're out there. And we have one month to go. So I wanted to address a question that I've been hearing as I've been talking to families uh, is this conversation about giving has come up. And, and here's the question that has come up time and time again. I don't know what to give. I don't know what I'm supposed to give. And I find that that's often a hang-up, right? I want to give, but I don't know what to give, and I don't know what I'm supposed to give. Well, just take the supposed to give and just throw that question out, okay? That's the first step. And I want to offer two options for that I don't know what to give question. First, A verse that we've been talking about a lot is 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8 says this. Remember, 
Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows graciously will also reap generously. Each man and woman should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. See, even as we go into this challenge, our main priority is to communicate where we're at. Because we know that Jesus will provide regardless. Back to the question. What am I, what do I, what do, how much do I give? Here's what I want to encourage you with. If you're in that spot where you're going, I don't know what to give. I want you to take a season of time. Maybe two weeks, three weeks. Till the end of the giving challenge. And actively pray about it. Pray about it. Jesus, how much should I give? Maybe that goes to the church. Maybe that goes to other ministries. How much should I give out of what you've blessed me with? How much would you like me to steward of the blessings that you've given me out back into the world for your ministry purposes? And then pray about that every day for a week, for two weeks. And then at the end of that, write down the amount that comes in your mind on a piece of paper. Because if we're going to take this verse seriously, right? That God will guide you, Jesus will guide you on what you are supposed to steward out of what he's blessed you with. Taking into account all your bills, everything, all the factors, Jesus will guide you. And then you will be able to be at a place where you go, yes, Jesus answered my prayers. I'm going to give this much, and I'm going to be happy and joyful about it. And it's going to be this life, faith-giving thing that I get to participate in. If you're a married couple, oftentimes the conversation of giving can be awkward as a married couple. Right? Okay, nobody wants to admit to it. Okay. As a married couple, practice this. We're going to pray about it. We're going to pray about it for two weeks. Every day, you and I are going to commit to praying. What is God calling us to give? What is God calling us to steward out of the blessings that he's given us? Pray about it as a couple. Individually. And at the end of two weeks, come together, write down the number that is in your mind. And start giving. The other challenge is this. Commit to tithing for a certain number of period of time. Say for the next six months, for the next year, we're just going to tithe. No questions asked. We're taking the leap of faith. We're trusting God. And then watch how your hearts and your mind is transformed through that process. Then if you feel like nothing happened at the end of the day, change it after six months to a year. But I want to encourage you, commit. If you're in that place where you're like, we want to take a step of faith, 
God is working in our hearts. And we feel like we're supposed to do this, but we're nervous to. I want to just encourage you, just commit. Tithe for six months and see what Jesus does through that, in that. I'm so thankful to be a part of this church. I'm so thankful for what we are creating. In this body and in this community. We are a generous church. There are so many people in this church that generosity just flows out of their lives by what they do. I am so... uh, This church is amazing because every time there is a need that is made known, you meet it. Every single time. Whether it's packing uh, bags for a For Our City event to bless a local ministry, or it's a giving need, or it's a need of helping another church member, or a need in the community, time and time again, you meet it. I'm so thankful to be part of a church that is generous, that as we build a culture of generosity, that I know the community will be blessed. So I want to invite you. One month left of the giving challenge. I want to invite you. If you have not joined and you've been thinking about it, I invite you and encourage you to take that step. There's giving cards, 90-day giving challenge cards in the pews in front of you, or you could go to renew.church on the hub and sign up there. But I want to encourage us because I am so excited about what Jesus is doing within our church, the transformation that is taking place. I'm excited to see what Jesus does this fall, this year, as we focus on building community, on discipleship, and on reaching our city. Amen? Amen. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, I pray. I pray that we not only just listen to you or listen to sermons about you. I pray that we practice what it means to follow you in our everyday life. And Jesus, I pray that as you get a hold of our hearts and you get a hold of our minds, as we follow you, that you would transform us into a generous people that are witnessing your kingdom here on earth. That we'd be a generous people with our time, with our talents, with our treasure to bless others. Jesus, you've given us these incredible gifts. Lead us 
individually and as a community to bless others, to show others who you are. Amen.